Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, man. How's it going? Man, just uh, living a life full of choices. That's what That's I'm right. doing. <laughs> Glad to see you again, man. It's been a while since I've been back in Pew, but yeah. uh, we're here. Yeah, I know. you got to go to church more, man. I've been here waiting on you for weeks. <laughs> I, I go to the early, early morning mass. Uh, yeah, That's, That's right. what they all say. <laughs> I'm going ch- to check with the early morning priest. That's right. I signed my name in. <laughs> I hear you. No, it has been a little bit. I'm glad to be back here with you and... I think last time we were here, we were talking about surrender and mm-hmm. the trouble that uh, men have with that and the fears and all of that. And, and you know, we've one thing that I wanted to kind of continue on that, that topic a little bit today was, you know, once you surrender, you've got a choice to make. Obviously, people say, well, I've made the choice. I've surrendered. But you have to live it, right? right. And, and the devil doesn't want any of us living as a disciple. And that's what happens when you surrender is you're being called into discipleship and and uh, hopefully you're living that fruitfully and, and positively. But there's a choice there. You know, either I'm going to live the truth, this truth that I've come to know and I've surrendered to, that Jesus Christ is Lord and that uh, he died for my sins and that I am now supposed to go and make disciples of all nations and, and produce fruit for the kingdom. Or I'm just going to, over time, let my faith become mundane and basically become comfortable. You know, uh, and and so that's a choice that has to be made. And that's something I wanted to talk about today was, you know, I ran across a quote from Pope Benedict uh, XVI, and he says, the world offers you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. And that's that's the truth. I mean, that's you weren't made to sit on your laurels and and not do anything. And that's exactly what the devil would have us do is is to present all these things that we see in the world, all these distractions to keep us from living this truth that we've now basically signed the dotted line on when we've surrendered it, that we would live for Jesus Christ. Well, it's almost like, you know, the, the, the enemy does like a misdirection on us, you know, like, you know, like yeah. football playing, you know, you fake a play, you know, and, and everyone follows it. And uh, that's what the uh, deceiver is. He's very good at that. And that quote really just unpacking that, it says, the world offers you comfort. It does, readily. It's like, here, here's a lazy boy. Lay down here. Here's a remote controller. Here's this, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, your lazy boy has actually like a, uh, you can put your drink or beer in there, you know, and mm-hmm. really you don't have to really do much. Uh, but then you go on to that, and it says, "But you were not made for comfort." So how do we get past that? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, what what do we make ourselves to prevent ourselves from getting lackadaisical or, or stuck in our recliner? What are we going to do? Well, first of all, you got to realize that it's, it is one of the deceiver's favorite tricks. Yeah. And it's really just trying to lull you to sleep. You know, I mean, it's, and you see it so often, you know, we all are so joyful. That first encounter we have with Christ or the time we take our first communion when we come into the church or any of those moments like that, you're so full of joy and you're, and it's like anything else, you know, working out, for instance, every year in the new year, I'm going to make a resolution. I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to the gym every day. And you go to the gym if you're if you're a consistent gym goer, you know January and February are packed. In March, you can find a seat on any machine you want to get on because everyone is it, they've just become That's mundane right. and comfortable again. It's just that I'm not going to go today. 
And then the next, that turns into the next day and the next day and the next day. So the devil uses it to lull you to sleep. He's constantly putting things in front of you to offer you other things, other choices. So we have to be diligent in the fact of the truth. We have to live it. Um, you know, it, it also leads us to sin. That's, you know, one of the things that you take lying, for instance, you know, um, the other morning, you know, Jacob and I were, we were riding to school and I looked in the rearview mirror and he was, he looked like the stinky kid, right? His hair was stuck up everywhere. <laughs> like obviously he had Hopefully not, he won't listen to this when he gets older. Yeah, yeah that's fine. That's if right. he does, he, <laughs> I, I owe him some. We all have but, stinky kids from time to time. But, I know. You know, yeah. Obviously hygiene wasn't, wasn't high on his right. list that morning. Right. And so I look in the rearview mirror and his hair stuck up everywhere. And I said, son, did you brush your hair? He goes, yeah. And I almost had a wreck. Like I seriously was like, did you just tell me that you, you brushed your hair? Cause there's no way you could physically like make your hair look like that with a comb. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, uh, now granted my son's nine. He's, uh, uh, I said, Jacob, you didn't brush your hair. You can tell me that, right? I'm not going to be mad, but you just lied. You know, you just, you, you completely just told a, a lie. And he's, well, I, I just, I, I said, there's no excuse you can say. I mean, every little thing we do I mean yes that seems like a little white line it shouldn't be a big deal and why am I blowing up about it but if you allow yourself to 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 tell falsehoods about things like that then it becomes easier to tell lies about things that are greater and it's the same way in our life with sin right well I'm just going to do this little thing and then you you allow yourself to be okay with that you become comfortable with sin so that the next level of sin becomes more comfortable and the next level of sin and next thing you know the devil's got you in this place where you're comfortable with all kind of things Look at King David and, and Bathsheba, right? King David was like the model of who you want to be for God in the Old Testament, right? He he fought wars, he won battles, he he wrote the Psalms, he was he gave he was, his heart to He was patient and yeah. king in waiting, you know, he he right. did everything he could. He yeah. could have killed Saul and he didn't. Right. I mean, all these virtues and then he gets comfortable as king and he starts saying, I want her, I want that, I want this. And he forgets this truth that he's supposed to live, that he's a servant of God and and that he's given his life to God. And that's what happens when we're choosing the wrong, or the wrong part of this, where we're not choosing to live truth. We fall for the spoils of the world, right? For the things that are in front of us. And and we we slowly begin to forget what Jesus has done for us. You know, we we remember every year at Easter and we get jacked up again for Lent and we, we watch the passion and we cry and we see the the the, 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 the whips across Jesus' back. But so quickly we forget, you know, we become comfortable with the fact that this is our life, our world. We're living it. We're own. We're our own gods a lot of the time, but we're called to live that truth. And you know, another quote I have is from Mother Angelica. Um, you know, she says it's your obligation to speak the truth, and everyone can either take it or leave it. But truth must be in us. We live in such a poverty of truth today, and it's such a powerful quote. I mean, mm. it's a choice. That's what she's saying. What we start off the show with is you have a choice. You can take it or leave it. But truth must be in us. If we're going to live, we're going to make it to eternal life. If we're going to do the things that we're called to do on earth here. And really, you could say I'm Catholic. You can say I'm Christian. But if you're not living it, you're living a lie. There's not a, You don't get to sign up and say I'm, I'm Catholic or Christian the rest of my life without living it. Because it, it's, it's, a, it's a falsehood. Right. And what she's saying, the poverty of truth means that the, the lessening of the gospel being lived out in daily lives. You know, we... We uh, create our own philosophy of our faith mm-hmm. over time, like you were saying, by by little lies, little in- intentions that well, well, you know, I didn't really mean to hurt somebody. I'm not really hurting anybody, but over time, we're going to develop our own personal faith, right. and and then we slowly delude um, the the sacraments. We go, well, you know, uh, I didn't go to confession for 
gosh, really almost three months, but uh, God loves me. I, you know, the sacrament, you know, I can go up there and receive the Eucharist. But see, the thing, yes, God loves you, but you have to really go back and really realize that it's the healing part. The confessions are for healing. And, and what you're going for is, you know, how do I live in the truth? The gospel is the truth. Well, know? and what you do is you, you, you run into the danger of falling into relativism, which is what you were talking about, mm-hmm. is all you just said about confession, you are now taking a truth, which the Lord has asked us to take advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation when we need it, not just every once in a while, you know, to, to be a regular part, partaking in the sacraments. And so what you've done there is you've made the truth relative to you. I'm going to change this and tweak this to where it doesn't upset my own comfort level of comfort that I'm now going to take the gospel, but now it's going to be the gospel of Victor or the gospel of John. I'm going to, I'm going to not the real gospel, John, right. the fake gospel, yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm going to turn this into, you know, cookie cutter Catholicism or, or Christianity to where I'm going to make up my own things. And the truth is not, your truth is not my truth. It's relative to whatever I want. That Jesus' truth isn't mine. I can take part of this and you know, and, and say I'm going to believe this and not believe that, and I'm going to take this piece and I'm going to make my own religion called Johnism. You know, mm-hmm. based on you know, loosely based on Christianity. Yeah, and that's where we get with comfort level and relativism. I mean, there's been several popes that have spoken on that. Pope Francis has talked about it a lot. It's just how it's 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 a ruining our culture because. Everybody now becomes their own God and makes up their own religion and their own truth and their own, and and there's only one truth and it's the it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. period, and that's the danger we fall into. And this whole world is it's all about I'm going to make up my own way and the Burger King philosophy, you know, have it your way, and and that's just not the way that we're living as Christians. That's it's not going to get anything done, and that's why we see the world in the way in the, in the place that it's in right now. Is because there's too many people saying I'm just going to change rules and do whatever the hell I want to. Right, that's where the conflict comes from. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, the opposite of that, obviously, is living truth. So, what does that mean? And and you know, this week in particular, the first readings have been about the Acts of the Apostles post uh, Pentecost. Mm-hmm. You know, in the timeline of the church right now, we haven't made it to Pentecost, but the readings are all about you know the post Pentecost. Right. So, which is cool that the Act is uh, the Book of Acts is really the, the actions of the disciples i mean that's mm-hmm. what it is is mapping out the the actions that they took where they went and what they were doing to you know propel and spread the gospel christ right it's their action you know? well and it's what's neat is to see you know you look at it by no, by no means do i think the disciples were comfortable after the death of jesus but they were they were waiting for something and after They're the probably, spirit came yeah, in shock and grief yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And then the spirit came, and then here they go, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That that was the moment where they almost signed the dotted line. Okay, you know, flaming, speaking in tongues and fire and all of that. And then they said, "Now I have to go live this." Like my, there is no choice to me. And a lot of times we look at, we read these stories and we think, "Wow, man, those original Christians were awesome." Like those, man. If I had been around Jesus like that, then I, I maybe I would have been like that. The call for us is no different. You know, it, it really isn't. We are called, we accepted the same truth that they did, and therefore our reaction has to be the same. Our response has to be to live the truth. And when you look around you in the world today, there's just so many people that aren't doing it. Yeah, I might go to Mass on Sunday. Yeah, I might go help the poor every once in a while. But we're not living the faith every single day, every second, every minute, every hour of our life. And you know what? We're going to fail. I fail constantly. But I get back up and I try again. 
And, and that's what it's about is living the faith. And as we look through this last week of readings, you know, starting with when the apostles were arrested, you know, they're out there preaching. And this isn't just, I have the freedom in my life now to walk right outside of this church, go stay on the corner, yell and scream, preach about Jesus all my life. And as long as I'm not causing car wrecks or, or threatening my life, I can do that all night long if I want to. But these guys, the minute they opened the door, they were, they had a chance of being murdered or tortured or put in jail immediately. But what did they do? They walked right out there in the Sanhedrin, the same people that killed Jesus, looked at him and said, we told you not to preach about Jesus. We told you not to mention that name. And they looked at him and go, you know what? Do what you will to me, but we got to preach God, not man. That was one of the first things we heard. The next thing, St. Stephen, right? This guy's brand new deacon. So Deacon Jeff, watch out for flying rocks. And <laughs> you know, you've been at it a while and you've right. died some. But The first martyr was a deacon. Right. Yeah. And nobody modeled that for him, right? No one died before him like that. I mean, Jesus did, but there wasn't a follower of Christ that was martyred like that. He was the first martyr, fresh off being a deacon. And he looks at an angry crowd and he has a choice. I can be comfortable and tell all these people, look, I'm sorry I stirred all this up. I didn't mean it. I don't know what I was thinking. Put the rocks down. I'm out of here. You won't have to hear a word from me right. again. I don't have a degree in theology. Right. So, yeah. But he looks <laughs> and he says, you know, and, and he keeps preaching the message. He even calls them, you stiff-necked people. And he knows what's going to happen most likely. And he dies. I mean, they murder him brutally with stones. But he, he mimicked Jesus all the way to his death. And theolo- theologians... A lot of them think that that was a catalyst for Paul's conversion on the road to, the, to Damascus, is that he saw that and he was able to see how much this guy believed. But you have that. The next one is is that um, the, the great persecution that broke out. And the apostles could have ran, but they didn't. They stayed. And they risked their life continually because they knew they had to live this truth, that, they, that their lives meant nothing anymore without that. And even the ones that scattered, they continued to spread the gospel. They didn't stop and say, well, I'll just go over here. I, man, I got away from everybody. Like Peter doesn't even know where I am. And I'm just going to go back to like fishing or doing whatever. No, they, they went out on their own now without the support of others and spread the gospel. You know, in a way, Paul was, you know, Saul was a great evangelizer and even his persecution because he, he spread seeds everywhere for right. people to go out. But these men continue to preach the truth, you know, and, and it's just, it's amazing that, we're called to do that same thing, but we don't live that way today. Very few of us live that way. We think, well, there's Christophanic, or there's Matthew Kelly, or there's Father Mike Schmitz, or Father Larry Richards, or whatever charismatic speaker is around, and that's their job. But no, we're all called to live truth in our actions every single day. And you know, I had a spiritual director tell me that the other day. John, you're here to preach the truth. You don't need to worry about what people are doing. You keep doing these videos. You keep doing that podcast. But you focus on that, and you speak truth through that, and you don't worry about anything else. The rest is up to God. And it's so freeing to be able to live that truth. Now, are we persecuted? Does it hurt? Yes. You know, a lot of times you feel alone? Yes. But that's what we signed up for. That's a cross we carry. Sure. Well, there's times where, you know, you know, even me being part of this and supporting you uh, and, um, and being involved in, in many things that my life has changed now, there's times where people that I thought were quite comfortable with, you know, really don't initiate conversation with me that much anymore. But, you know, it, that's okay. Maybe I'm reading into something more than what it is. But in order to really live in the truth, you get to a point like the disciple is saying, you know what, the worst that can be done to me is lose this life. Yeah. But even then, I'm still blessed. You know, and, and I'd, 
I don't know if I'll get to that point because, you know, there's no danger of threat around us. You know, we live in a country that allows us the free speech of, of our faith. But there's many countries around the world that people are experiencing exactly what the disciples are going through. Mm-hmm. I mean, many countries are, are shut down on the sense of, of free speech, especially religious speech. Well, their churches are burning. Yeah, their churches heads are, are burning. getting chopped right. off. Right. I mean, yeah. it's it's happening, you know, all over the world. And, and we have to wake up as a church in this country to kind of realize that we are just as important and valid of support around the globe. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to stand up for our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted. And we're really, we're really the foot soldiers of Christ. Yeah. I mean, we're the hands and the feet of Christ. And when we lay comfortable and inactive, there's parts of the body of Christ that, that, that are not helping, that, that are hindering us in ways to move forward this message. I mean, this is the only thing that's going to be able to fix the world. And we've got to take that seriously. And, you know, what's amazing is I was sitting with a young man the other night, and I won't reveal his name, but you know, young, early 20s. Mr. Awesome. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Awesome. There, there you go. go. And he's sitting down and he tells me that he's struggling with some things and he's discerning the priesthood. And on the other hand, there's this girl in his life and he thinks that she has feelings for him and he he knows he has feelings for her. And he tells me he's going to go meet with her the next day. And I said, well, what are you, you going to do? And he says, I'm going to go sit with her and I'm going to be honest with her because I need to protect her heart. I don't even know she has feelings. She might just go, what's you weirdo? I don't like you. Why do you think that? But this young man wanted to live the truth more than anything. He said, I have this call in my heart that I need to go figure out first. And I'm going to spend this summer doing that, discerning the priesthood. But I want to take care of your heart. I want to, to, to take care of your dignity as another human. And I've got to be honest with you. And if, if, you, if you don't have these feelings, then I feel like a schmuck right now. But if you do, then I have to be truthful for you, with you. And it blew my mind. This kid is 22 years old, and his concern is the care of another person and to speak the truth. He's living in the truth. Yeah. yeah. When I was 22, I can tell you it wasn't t- taking care of their heart I was right. worried about. I'll, yeah. I'll just put it that way. And this kid is living truth, and that is things like that is what will change the world. You don't have to be out there beating the gospel and standing on a milk carton with a sandwich board that says, you're going to hell if you don't love Jesus. It's how we act. We have to choose to live in truth. And I mean, I sat there just teary-eyed until almost one in the morning after he left my house, just going, man, how do I live like that? Like, how do I live? That's truth. That's Jesus affecting someone's life. And But through that, he's affected mine now. Mm-hmm. How can I be better? That's what we're called to do. And you know, the thing is, we're going to, we're going to die. We're going to, we're going to die to self. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to be left alone, you know, and it may even cause division in some families for a while until God's grace and mercy is able to heal that. But if you look at it, every apostle died except for John of of a martyrdom, you know, and, and the only reason John didn't is because they couldn't kill him. I mean, they threw him in oil. They, they tried to kill him every which way they could, and he just wouldn't die. So they put him on an island until he was, you know, hundreds of years old or whatever. And, and, you know, until he served his purpose to write revelations and all these other things that God had in store for him. But every original apostle who walked with Jesus had to die. Why do we think it's any different than us? And the reason they did is because they refuse to become comfortable. They refuse to compromise on truth. And that's what we're called to do. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is. No one's saying this is easy. There wasn't no, no, yeah. there wasn't an easy but Staples easy button by yeah. the 
by the uh, the documents you signed when you became Catholic or when you were baptized or when you became Christian in another denomination. But that's what you signed up for. And in the way this world is, like you said earlier, everything is just offering comfort, right? Like I just, everything is about, like you buy a truck now, right? My dad and I were laughing about this the other day. You know, he's got a 94 F-150 and you got to manually do everything on it. But now you go buy an F-150 and like, I think, you know, the salesperson will actually place you in the truck so you don't have to go out of your way to lift yourself into it. Mm. And then there's all the gadgets to move you around and heated seats and cooled seats and, you know, it'll park itself for you. And it's like, where's the fun in driving anymore? I don't have to do anything. And I'm almost afraid to take it mudding because then you get dead. Yeah, yeah. It does, they don't have a self-cleaning system <laughs> That's right. Yet, so Maybe. They will be, though. It, you can't be comfortable in washing right. your car. So, <laughs> But no, it's just everything society is offering us is that. And and it's the devil's way of sneakily just offering to us, hey, you don't have to do this. You don't have to You don't have to, to, to go out of your way. You don't have to be comfortable. Just do what you want to do. And that is not what we're called to live. You know, and... and one of the things about that is, I have another quote here on relativism, it's, it hits it really on the head, it's, it's from a, um, a priest, and he says, in contemporary America, most people are not moved by claims of truth or goodness. Relativism, relativism has made truth to be whatever you want, thereby turning the good into whatever makes you feel good. And that's it, right there on the mm-hmm. head, that's the difference. People want to feel good, and they don't want to put out the effort to understand that they will never feel as good, or as joyful, or is, is just, man, blessed as they will when they're living this truth. You know, everybody looks to say it's too hard. It's not hard. It, it, yes, it takes practice and it takes desire and it takes want and the things, but what else in life that, that brings Isn't reward worth, right. doesn't? Right. You know, you look at the best sports figures. LeBron James didn't get to be the number one basketball player in the world by being comfortable, by laying around and eating Cheetos and drinking Sprite all day, even though those are the commercials he's in. <laughs> No, he, he worked hard. Larry Bird used to shoot thousands of shots after practice. It takes work. So how do we do that? You know, how do we live truth? You know, somebody asked me that the other day. They said, man, you're just, you seem really passionate about this. I said, it's because I'm tired of seeing people that have this gift, this gift that's been opened that we're not doing anything with. We're just, we put it on a shelf somewhere. You know, Philip in the, in the reading, was it today or yesterday? I'm not sure, but he's it was today. Today, yeah. Yeah, when he was evangelizing to the Ethiopian. You know, when he was through this, Ethiopian saw a puddle of water. He's like, baptize me now. Give me this gift. I want it fully. And and so many of us, that was us, but we don't live that way now. So how do we get back that that joy and that, that in, that the joy of the original encounter, which is now should be every encounter with Christ every day? What I think, how to live truth and reinforce the truth, grow in your relationship with Christ. Spend time with him, whether it's in, in front of the Blessed Sacrament, at home in prayer, whatever it may be but spend time getting to know Jesus. Two, understand what it is to be a disciple of the truth through the study of scripture. How do you know what the truth is if you don't learn it, if you don't know it for yourself? Stop waiting for other people to tell you about the truth and go understand it. Let the Lord tell you personally what that truth is through your own time and effort you put in. Third, faithful practice of the sacraments. They remind us of truth. They bring us back into being rightly ordered in our relationship with the truth, which is Jesus Christ. So take advantage of the sacraments. And four, surround yourself with others that are trying to live as disciples. We can't do this alone. You want to live truth? Go find some other people that are living truth with you, like you. You know, the relationship I have with you. You keep me on my toes and you help me. You remind me to live truth in my life and not to get comfortable. Well, we pass truth on to each other back and forth. And that's the great thing about discipleship and brotherhood 
is that, you know, whenever something's hitting me hard in the life, you speak the truth back to me and, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And that's what the whole part of the church is, is a community of believers. We can't be on our own. We have to be together and we have to stay together so that we can kind of grow in the truth, teach the truth, and then pass the truth on. Yeah, amen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the last thing I had down here, it's a Bible verse and it's from the man himself, you know, and if you, you don't have to take my word for it or any of the other people we've quoted, but you sure do need to listen to Jesus. And he says, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Now, other versions of it would mm-hmm. say the truth will set you free. But from the man himself, I am the truth, I am the way, I am the life, and I'll set you free. So what he's saying there is if you want this life, if you want to live more blessed and more peace, peaceful, and that doesn't mean without persecution or without suffering, but if you want to live the most possible life of joy and being blessed as you possibly can, it's to live in the truth, which means to live in me. There it is. Uh, I don't know what else to say about that. (laughs) So, you know, I I just really felt we needed to get into this today. Uh, I think the Lord has blessed it uh, through the conversation. I do want to take a minute to say, you know, we've we've redesigned the website. David Hall, one of our friends, has put a lot of work into that. Uh, You can now catch all the YouTube videos, the Facebook stuff, Instagram, um, some of the talks that we've done, uh, you know, places that, that I've spoken. You know, you can now find everything there and it will take you to all the other places. So, you know, go check that out. Continue to support us through those things. We love uh, hearing your feedback. And just want to thank everybody right now for allowing us to be here and try to speak the truth, the truth that, that you know, we pray a lot over and and speak to God. You know, have, hopefully the Holy, Holy Spirit keeps speaking to us truth so we can continue to do it here. But uh, just want to take a minute to say thank you to everybody. And, um, you know, here at the end, I know there's a lot of people out there that are trying to, to, to live this life. Don't get discouraged. You know, I fall every day, and, and it's yeah. very hard. It is. There's times where I almost feel emotionally sick, um, you know, from or, or physically sick from the emotions of feeling like I'm not living truth the way I want. That's just part of the fall. That's part of the devil. You know, Christ fell three times when he was carrying his cross. And what did he do? He got up every single time. And that's what we've that's got right. to do, too. Well, Vic, I hear that music. So you know, this is a call to all you saints and future saints out there. Truth can be lived. You just got to put the effort in and you got to pray for it and ask God to help you with it. So why don't we pray into that right now? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, no one ever said that being a disciple would be easy. The lure of the world and its offerings of comfort are always knocking at the door. Help us to find the strength and desire for greatness. And Father, remind us that being a disciple will always require living in truth. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.